Welcome to Choreographing the City. Morning Conversations, part of the artistic residency of choreographer and Teatro Mundi fellow Dr. Adeshola Akinley. Hosted by Professor Gedimina Urbonas at MIT's Art, Culture and Technology program and supported by MIT Center for Art, Science and Technology. Akinley's residency explores emerging lexicons across dance making and city making through choreographing the city. In this podcast, Akinley and Urbonas are joined by guests in a series of eight morning conversations. Join us in this fourth episode to talk about algorithms, embodied playfulness, empathy, courage, failure and the unknown with Dr. Ariana Mateo, professor of methodologies and practice in design engineering research and advising for independent design engineering projects in Harvard University, associate visiting professor of practice in design, art and technology, and a senior research fellow at RISD and at NYU TISCH Performance Studies. some lexicon aspects about uh, performance and um, choreography and the urban uh, environment. Uh, I'd like to give you some example of a project I did and some practice. I was involved uh, not only with my students, but in general also as artists. Okay, so conversation meaning. Okay, so I start from here because I like that we go together to, this, to the acceptance of this kind of interactive dialogue. So living among familiarity and intimacy. If this is true, let's go to my little uh, introduction, which is about uh, how to perform the present. So when we are in advanced research practices and we are talking about research in general, I always find myself very confused about different kinds of framework uh, that are coming up for presentation or position of my teachers. At a certain point, um, I decided to go myself into an experience that is exactly designed into the unknown. This is very uh, recently applied at our life together with our practice because of uh, the pandemic time we are living. But I think that in every moment, we understand that our uh, decision-making and ourselves as human, are, we, we are very fragile and vulnerable. And indeed, the unknown, it's our brother or sister that make breakfast with us every day. So I start basically uh, investigating into algorithms and the idea that choreography is um, a ritual of a sequence of steps that can create a language and indeed a codification through interfaces that are expressed in different ways. When we refer to algorithms in the very technological way, so referring to him as a sequence of codes, we might create appealing images, but we design it in an isolated creative space. My point was that, oh, I say, oh, but what about the social con? So us as human, as artists, as designers and performers, and for my side also engineering architects, are inspired by people, uh, by place and the politics of it. So for that, I always try to stress this idea to create choreography as a sequence of rituals that can 
make sense of the world through artistic intelligence. So I research into the unknown in many different places. The first person that introduced me to that was David Bowie, because he gave me the possibility to go behind performance in the, in the sense that create the opportunity to every kind of diversity to be expressed. And that was a media project, a very important massive contribution to semiotic and semantic of the artistic practice in, in, in methodologies. Even people do not recognize this so, so intensively because he was operating uh, using the CD as new stage of performativity all the time, transforming himself in different actors and characters. The second main major influencer is uh, Buckminster Fuller. Uh, he created also the unknown as a system thinking approach that create the performance as improvisational body in order to have infrastructure of meaning. So the bodies are both in human and non-human perception of the reality, the doors, we encounters in order to interact. I was also very much drived by the radical design in Italy. Of course, um, flux, fluxes of the postmodern dance and Anna Halprin and Simon Forte, old John Cage, of course. But my intention is I try to put together all those policy elements. And uh, because when I arrived uh, uh, at Harvard teaching, I was thinking this is the silent space because I don't find myself in an environment that can create what I define then as embodiment. So we know perfectly that this is a definition that we can find all over, but applied to the research practice, we want to go into this unknown as a creative process. So the collaboration in the design practice and the understanding of the design practice as creative environment are very much uh, our common point. Even I find lots of obstacles and challenges in order to define this lexicon as very clear in this holistic approach, uh, which I consider about design. Indeed, after many research and situation, I arrived to take in account four definition about embodiment. The one emerged more in the world uh, of cognitive uh, science, so um, about the bodies and the body-world interaction. The other one entails more in the experience of representation of concept. The third one in the interaction with object and uh, with the feature that we can create. But then I find myself in my personal process as artist and uh, in this unknown and open-ending uh, research uh, that the only embodiment I can conceive in terms of feeling, sensing, and integrate in my somatic practice as a cognitive um, neuroplasticity activity is the one that the environment creates around me as creation and in the creation of relationship. So when I refer to embodiment, I refer to relate and create relationship. And this was very important because happens with my meeting with Richard Shatner and professor at NYU that create and funds the performance studies uh, department. And uh, with these experiments and the experience to mix up also the anthropology and all the uh, other disciplines that are creating understanding of uh, our ever natural language that is creativity, uh, we can't move on if we don't interiorize this practice be before inside us and then start speaking in tongues. So I will stop here for now. And I'd like to open up a bit the audience uh, in order to uh, and have dialogue together. What do you think? 
Well, first of all, I wanted to really uh, address you, Adeshola, as you are artist in residence and uh, through this class where we are hosting your residency at MIT during this very special time, Periodo Especial, I'm borrowing this from Cuba. I think we, uh, as, we have, as we're working with you, along you, and uh, you bring also dancers from the Dancing Strong uh, Movement Lab, uh, 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 I think it is a not only the great opportunity for the researchers at MIT and the students uh, to work in parallel the artistic thinking, uh, the artistic methods, and also what we're calling the artistic intelligence. I think we could tease out, we could probe some of the concepts and, and, uh, and what, what was coming out of our recent discussion with the participants uh, was the question of embodiment. So I think maybe this could be the good uh, start for this conversation. Yeah, I was wondering if you could say a little bit more around the idea of ritual, possibly ritual and, and the idea of movement, possibly choreography being something that wasn't in the movement, but was in the relationship and response of things being together. So the, the sort of constellation of moments in which movement happens might be the choreography and the ritual or the, the steps or the the chain of movements being slightly different. I wonder if you're seeing that as slightly different in terms of what you're saying, what you've said and are saying around process being the sort of the central meaning making of choreography. Probably I will surprise you, but if I reply again to the question, uh, I reply because there is someone else interesting in having this answer. Did you agree about that? Because the point is, we are not passive audience in a performance in any moment. So are you interested in if I answer now at that question? Well, I mean, we could, why, we could put it out there for everyone. It, have you ever thought about the choreography being something that is the response and relationship of something, like existing in, in a constellation of things and not existing solely in the movement or the chain of movement? that that becomes more ritual or ceremony and that may, are, have you thought of them as being different or the same thing in terms of that relating to the idea of content and say uh, process? Now, I just don't want to reply myself because it's all my research of 12 years. So it yeah. will be long, you know, it was so much longer and annoying. Let's have a conversation together. <laughs> so I wonder if anyone else has thought about that. I can speak to this a little bit. I think about my work is around algorithmic um, bias and I have this experience of coding in a white mask in order to have my face detect. And it was literally that embodied experience of algorithmic exclusion and thinking about the symbolism as well that led me to think more of an artistic practice or sharing what it is to be excluded and so I did a pop-up at the Museum of Fine Arts Boston, where there was this project where you could paint walls with your smile. And so literally you're dancing with your face and then there's map projection that's painting the wall behind it. And each stroke is its own musical um, beat. Um, and the music was actually created um, by a close friend of mine whose wife happens to be on this call as well, Nicole. And what was really fascinating to me was people's experience 
vis-a-vis others. And so this question of ritual, in this case, you might've thought the ritual was the dance that was happening with your face. But what was really interesting to see was when somebody with lighter skin would go and do it, and then somebody with darker skin would try and the music would stop and they would need to put on a white mask in order for it to happen. And so that was one of those experiences, what, which I wasn't, ex- I didn't know what it would be, right? But it was watching how people were actually interacting with it and the in-between uh, space and also kind of this, there's this embodiment that's then digitized that's then also made analog in a projection because it was projected over a dance floor where people were then also dancing, which was actually in another space um, in the museum. So it was this whole other experience I hadn't even um, anticipated. And it was, I think for me, as both a researcher and an artist, one of those times where I was seeing, okay, what's happening in and around what's been planned is actually more informative than I would have anticipated initially. For me, that's a brilliant example. The only things I like to ask is, did you realize at that point that there was an environment that was interconnected, interdependent in the action? Because my suspect is that when we have museum or let's say venue, that are very traditional as institution, we have more bias in the performance. But this is my personal view, I like to ask. Yeah, actually, actually, it happened on the night of the night before the election of 2016. And it was one of these situations where the Museum of Fine Arts Boston was trying to break out of the usual suspects. So they had this night at the museum. So it was actually a one night installation. We came in that day, we had like this cafeteria area, and then we had the projection above the dance floor. And so it was It was not the same as I've later then worked with other museums, right? Where it might be a six month, 12 month, 18 month process, very choreographed. This was a bit of us playing with the space um, as it was happening. And because my work is on computer vision, I'm thinking about the environment, the lighting, how that's playing in with the interaction, if there's shadows coming on board. And so that's also part of the decision-making on where you place certain items. So in in my uh, idea of the systemic approach I have for performance, this environment you describe is for me what I relate to the animal world or materialistic world, which because mm. the, the environment created and mutuated by, let's say, the um, also artificial elements, but also the natural sensation that we have. But there are more, more layers. Um, for example, there is the linguistic layers and Chucho today makes something brilliant. I don't know if you want to, to explain your amazing project and give some, you know, little intro about the codes and how you use the language? Ah, yeah, so I'm basically working on, on compatibility matrices that have to do with uh, how density relates to uses and how the city choreographs this kind of, uh, the city makes these graphical notations for what is allowed or not uh, in the spaces that are built. What I'm trying to do is work with, this, with these notations, take the meaning away from them and try to translate them into, into movement. 
and to translate them into maybe a musical notation or also movement notation or even like new spatial arrangements for them. And uh, I appreciate a lot that because in tutor example, there is an important layer that is always not considering when we go into the performance realm that is about uh, the semiotic or more the communication in between giving and receiving of a mul multiple actors. So uh, we are not, let's say, single atoms, even we are not so important for nature. We are part of it and we are interdependent. Performativity is a concept that it's uh, relating to a specific order that in the 17th created that is Judith Butler, but was extrapolated from this context and adapting for also reference into um, the action theory network of uh, Bruno Latour, when it create more understanding about society, it's completely interconnected. My experience also listening about Pohau, which is the, the other person I like to to introduce today. Hi, Pohau, how are you? Uh, if you can uh, uh, can introduce to us your experience with dance, the dancer choreographer and. Uh, and the city should be also interesting for me because he is the clear example of how the interpretation of certain language or cultural bias can, can also deviate the performance for an initial ritual. If for rituals we intend a sequence of conscious steps in order to become an interface. So choreography is part of a ritual because facilitate the communication in order that I can understand this system, this world, and I can be part of it. So if I don't understand the steps, I don't follow them, okay, I can go my way, but I won't be part of the community or system that uh, is providing as communication. So Paul, can you just briefly introduce to us uh, the example, please? Um, <laughs> hi, um, I'm Paul, I'm also the second year student. Um, in ACT program, yeah, I I I used to collaborate with um, choreographer and um, dancers for different kind of performance, and for my practice, I usually think about how, like about the body states, like how dancers can um, co-work with the system. So, and also about the agency between human and uh, non-human um, entities. And for this class, I showed a project I made, which is I tried to use mobile device as the instrument. So because your smartphone has uh, many different kind of input and output device, it has gyroscope. So I tried to develop several prototypes that you can play with. So uh, I, I made them on a web page. So um, you can open the web page and you can start to play with it. And it generates uh, the sound. So I can pass the link later. So it has like sampler, it has like a generative audio. And so I, I now cooperate with a choreographer to see like how can a dancer to react to the device, to the mobile device. And it's like a feedback loop because you move and you hear the sound, you modulate the sound and you can have a next phase of movement. Yeah, but it's a work in progress project. So uh, I am now trying to constrain the framework and 
Yeah, and also like Chocho, I was thinking to develop notation or score uh, to to further um, establish the rules and um, and the system. Um, so I'm going to pass the link. And... Oh, thanks. I appreciate if you can share it because his example it's very relevant for me because it's the application of a methodology invented by Hannah Halprin and Rory Halprin uh, about uh, uh, creative as creativity as process in urban landscape. And uh, it's uh, also a combination of uh, other uh, vegetative state uh, that in nature are uh, very relevant and are per performance per se that we do don't want to incorporate in our teaching practice because we don't consider there are enough relevant because nobody theorizes about that. So I like to, um, uh, to show, show you something about in the following our conversation about my um, teaching in the artistic research, because for me, it's very relevant that we, according to the lexicon that we are trying to create together, we can have a bit, a, um, a sort of, let's say, common ground about uh, uh, what there are so-called learning outcomes. You know perfectly that anytime we go to an artistic practice and uh, we have our research question, we are our framework, uh, the way we proceed, it's pro probably more experiential. And we go from the bottom up, integrating other theory that are very conceptual. So what I, I tried to do uh, since the 2013 was to create completely different learning outcomes in the practice of, of teaching uh, applied research, which is making it. And indeed, I'd like to share with you the following words, uh, playfulness, multi-perspective, empathy, movement, courage, curiosity, failure, dialogue, shock. So again, playfulness, empathy, multi-perspective, courage, movement, failure, curiosity, dialogue, and shock. What I think it's very missing is that we are not under shock in a productive way, which means Anytime we want to, to proceed about our project, it's because we want to be graded according to certain system, which is the system, but why and what's going on if we perceive it through this kind of outcomes. For example, the research into the unknown is not possible if we don't create a conscious activity about courage to want to in, 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 uh, interpret this journey. And about the idea of uh, empathy, this is also a very, you know, famous, uh, let's say, misinterpreted word when it's, it's time to also apply it in our, our life. Because, okay, the definition is being somewhere's shoes, but which kind of shoes? And if I don't have shoes, if I go completely barefoot because I'm naked since the beginning. So the empathy I refer to is the capability of this artistic intelligence to create relation in order to manifest, express creativity in different languages. So the artistic intelligence is a skill that you can learn from the environment according to a specific process of navigation into the unknown. It's not possible be empathetic, courageous and fail at the same time if you don't decide and you don't have this uh, location. In fact, movement, it's one of the, of the learning outcome. And uh, today we had, I had a great conversation with Adesora, which I 
thanks a lot for our talk because she oriented me also about the immense job that you uh, have done till now about movement. And in this interpretation, movement are part of these codes of system and symbols. And my professor Umberto Eco called them the poetics of in embodiment, which means we are open world. We are open-ended in, in the terms that is navigation into the unknown needs and opportunity. Indeed, in this system where we have the choreography, the ritual, the lexicon, the artistic intelligence, and all this process, we are not neutral in our position-making, decision-making, and performance. So anytime we are situating ourselves with our body, we locate our energy in order to create consciously a relationship. And sometimes 100% of the time is unconscious. So what I try to do uh, in introducing those kind of methodologies, more than one, it's create conscious relationship and connection. Was all about that, which is still ongoing. It's still on, on the process. I never stop it. I think that I will die making that through nature. And when I became uh, dust, uh, uh, probably I will follow making this because there is also an intention that is overcoming the, it is per se a performance. So I like to ask you, uh, for example, uh, there is Shukao. What are you doing? Which is your interest about uh, embodiment and performance today? Um, yeah, sure. So I have been um, doing a practice called disappearance, which is a combination of um, movement research in of with an encounterment with the, the sublime through the daily pedestrian um, movement. But um, five years ago when I was with um, Gudamanas, like in the, in the class, um, I created a project called Memory Library, um, which had a lot to do with bringing out the memory and using oral history research um, into kind of uh, like this architect, this, this space. Um, and, and what I think my struggle at that time had been, how do I, how do I have the sound and the movement and, and having the, having, having the audience who's coming into this space, you know, by accident, actually understand all of the history that had gone into it. And it's, it's a question that, you know, I continue to encounter in that, in disappearance is when we're coming into the space together, how much of our history is taken into account as we are in this arrival? And can we possibly understand each other um, as we're using these, you know, terminologies? And if, if it's truly embodiment, then I can simply be speaking through my own mind um, and, and, you know, the beauty of, I think, a studio space is when you can actually drop in to the body and, and to, to release that. So perhaps my question has been regarding, like, choreography seems to be a very ritualized event when dance or movement has so much so much that about the presence, about a phenomenological inquiry that goes beyond this 
putting into the structuring of a space. It's very important because the performance as framework is made, let's say, to simplify very easily by three main dimensions. The action, the interaction, and the relationship. So the choreography is a methodology into the, the system of performance that enable possible journeys. We are not stuck in a choreography as the word. We are producing through the tools of choreography, the methodology of choreography, a method that can be modeling, opening up, creating new journey and help us to navigate into this unknown. So the performance per se means performa, which means give voice to a form through the sound. That for me, it's beautiful because it's the more interesting activity that you can recognize as familiar in nature. And again, my point is about how can I create public performance, how the CDS, open CDS, Richardson explained to you in the in previous talks, but which are, it's very much based on the open work of Umberto Eco in the 70s, can create this, what also Agamben says, the absence of the structure to go into something that we can consider an opportunity to navigate with. I share last examples about the civic performance for public space, because at the end, the public domain, what we define public for now, or the space of the public is the things that I personally focus on uh, since time. Uh, New York, the Opera uh, Long uh, Mile, then uh, Michael Chakov, a, a theater laboratory in the Bronx and uh, um, other activities. Then nature directly through creative process. And uh, the experiment I, I want to show you today, it's called the Aleph. Uh, in, it's made in uh, in Toronto, in all the street, in which all the students uh, embody at uh, buildings uh, all around, and that was in 2000, very far from you know the idea, the ambition that we have now. And uh, I, it's ascribed to these radical pedagogies, uh, and then it was translated into markets, when and then into class, and then again outside, uh, into um, uh, what we call open space by definition because they are integrating the possibility to perform in the improvisation. Hannah Alprin, which was an incredible teacher, she's now 100 years old. She's leading an institute called Tamalpa Institute in San Rafael in the United States in California. And she said, I want to integrate life and art so that our heart expands our life depends of, as our life depends our heart expands. Uh, the method I use is the format of open class. When I invented it, uh, I was a teenager volunteering for the slow food market in Italy. I was selling basic artichoke and creating a, a communication with people through vegetables. In particular, I love mushrooms. I think that mushroom is one of my favorite for the capability of transformation and resilience and the adapt adaptability of content. So we create after that virtual environment, video games, stories about it because the spiral of the possibility of this navigation into the unknown that Hannah Alpin suggests was the system. So all the fractals, the, the, the numbers, the algorithms, the codes that are in nature were translated into the performance online. And of course, into the navigation of real set scenario 
uh, like hugging trees and feel ourselves in sculpture, in this dance choreography, in, uh, into the interdependence that nature teaches. So the last example is uh, this, this series of workshop I did in the Master in Design and Public Domain at GSD that is called Bodybuilding. This was more advanced, let's say, experience because it was all about the buildings and the capability of these entities as collective bodies to decode components of relationship uh, with ourselves was exactly the opposite that people can understand. You have a building and you want to interpret the building through your body. Drang, wrong, was completely the opposite, was the, the integration of the boundaries of our body that can create individual entities inside. So the embodiment is the opposite vector. We change the vessel in order to create complexity and decoding of complexity inside us first, and that we have the capability to transmit or create an engagement outside because this inner observation will take place as a choreography. So to end this, this conversation for now, uh, just in order to give, again, the lexicon, the method, the framework, the, the things I, I like to in, interject is this, this movement, let's say the, the compenetration and interdependence that we can also integrate as a quality of gesture so easily with our hands. Performance exists only as actions, interaction and relationship, said Richard Schechner, and for me is for sure real, and I mean I follow this, but in the let's say practice as artists, I discovered that it's for sure a design intervention that exists only when collaboration and reciprocity with nature is done. We should recognize our speaking in tongues process as the capability of the cognitive neuroplasticity of our brain to absorb in multiple environment from different perspective. We can't only absorb with one angle, forever consider that uh, the only path. But in the same time, uh, I like also to say that um, choreography in the past was the only way to express politically a viewpoint that was completely neglected. So add a very important uh, mission in terms of be an inclusion, inclusion and uh, diversity tools. In fact, Richard Schachner start his first company with Afro-American people. Anna Alpin start the first company that introduced different, different race uh, in a moment that was completely not pos possible understanding that as a phenomenon. Through the choreography, they send messages and communication as a massive digital media system in order to change the perception. So if we want to have also a role as artists, uh, we should very much observe the zoo again. We are the zoo, we are in the cage now, and we are the animals. So we should observe ourselves in the meanings that we are building together. If there is something that is not interconnected, it's because our thoughts don't want that. If there is something that's not interdependent, it's because our thoughts don't want that. So I strongly believe in the capability of the artistic intelligence to bridge and create this relationship because of the embodiment of these inner thoughts. So if seems a lot philosophical in reality, when you go through nature and you make the open class or you just go together for a walk, the intention of the movement is to connect. 
you don't have more than that. So it's the nature around us that already structure us ourselves like that. Now, there are more impediments when we want to consider also, uh, for example, um, body structure that are given. And uh, for us, those are the paradigm. So I don't advise anybody just in, in believing one thing in general, to be very doubtful and failure and be critical about everything, doubt everything, it's the best, but also have your location in terms of your value. For example, the design principle around the performance are very important. You can't go without collaboration. You can't observe a storm of birds uh, together as one single unity only. Again, uh, to just synthesize and have a little uh, wrap up. When we go to the artistic practice and the research of it, we want to take a different viewpoints and angles that allow us to have for sure frameworks. The frameworks are the system in which I enter into a research practice and then can be helped out through methodologies and tools that can create constructs or other subsystem in, in order that I can decode different obstacle languages and go through the practice. But if I'm myself as researcher in the artistic environment, I'm not located in terms of principle, value, position, critical aspect, viewpoints. That should be just a scientific path through from A to B. While I want to create meaningful relationship in the interaction for the benefit of this relationship, these true connections. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That was that was amazing. That that is great, uh, great energy, and that is great interrogation of uh, choreography uh, as a term, as a concept, uh, and as we know, uh, many concepts and notions are not fixed. Uh, they are not cut in stone. They are evolving. This is very important. You know, we never, we cannot establish the final uh, truth. Uh, and as your teacher Gamben also. Uh, interrogated the concept of apparatus, right? So we have to take into account apparatus. Uh, and that's where choreography is extremely useful because it helps to understand the entanglements, interdependencies uh, and uh, interconnections between the variables that are constantly in motion. So that's why we need uh, choreography, regardless how administrative, bureaucratic, uh, and also uh, meta uh, structure uh, it, uh, or infrastructure, even meta infrastructure it is, nevertheless, we need to have this interrogative approach to that. You know, we need to use it, we need to hack it, and we need to deploy it in order to understand how it functions. And as I uh, introduced in the, in the beginning, it is part of the research class, uh, and also it is part of the research residency with Dr. Adeshalak and Le. This podcast is possible thanks to the support of the Center for Art, Science and Technology at MIT 
and the Art, Culture and Technology program, and is done in collaboration with Teatro Mundi. If you want to know more about the class, the program, and or the artists, follow us on Instagram at choreographingthecity underscore MIT, or follow the links provided in your podcast platform. Thank you very much for listening.